Alright everybody, welcome back to Film Buffs. Today we have another special guest, uh, my good friend Jordan Hornbuckle. Jordan is joining us from Dallas, Texas. Jordan, say hello to everybody. What's going on everybody? All the way from D-Town. Um, today we'll be talking about Into the Spider-Verse, the latest Spider-Man movie from Sony. And we asked Jordan on because Jordan is a bit of a Spider-Man fanatic and Spider-Man expert. So he'll be giving us all the, uh, all the important details, the minutia, if you will, onto, into this behind the scenes of this movie. Jordan, yes, yes. how are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing well. I cannot complain. Uh, I'm feeling good. Just ate a burger uh, and just saw the Spider-Man movie not too long ago. So my spirits are high. That's <laughs> riding high. high. And of course, I'm here with Jono and Alex as well. How are you guys? Good, good. And you? Good, man. Good. I'm good, too. I'm very good. Cool. Been a few, so, been a few days since I've uh, seen this movie in theaters, but I am ready to talk about it. I saw it one day I, ago. I've s- Ooh, fresh. that's yeah. fresh. Yeah, I saw it twice. I was actually going to see it a second time, too, but I didn't. I, I have seen it twice, and... I liked it equally, if not more, the second time. It's a fantastic film. It is. Very good. Uh, Jordan, I didn't see it a second time. as our guest, why don't you That's give okay. us a brief little history on your um, introduction to Spider-Man, how you came to love it, and uh, yeah. yeah. Tell us <clears throat> a bit about yourself. Left. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I feel you. I feel you. Literally, like, next to me is this big, like, Spider-Man book uh, <laughs> that my mom gave me when I was, like, five, mm-hmm. and it just, like... It's probably my first Spider-Man uh, experience, but it, it just explains all the different Spider-Mans, all the different comics, the backstory to Mr. Parker's life. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Instantly, Spider-Man became my favorite superhero as a young kid. Uh, I used to watch the show that was on, was it in the 90s? That yep. used to come on on TV? Oh my gosh, bro. So, We're all 90s with the kids. Book and with, yep. Dude, 90s babies for the win. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm just a big fan, kind of got it, you know, etched into my life when I was young, and my first comic book was actually the original, uh, actually the first Spider-Man comic that came out, the one where he's like holding the guy, I wish I had the proper name of it, but uh, yeah, that's kind of where I started. was the Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man right? Since... Yes, yes, I yeah. think that's actually the one. Yeah, that was the first and one. So yeah, I've been a, been a huge fan of Spider-Man since then, and uh yeah, I mean, huge fan of the the Tobey Maguire movies and uh, Andrew Garfield and trying to hop on the Tom Holland train. I'm slowly getting there. Okay, after every, so after the, each movie, that I think is where where I definitely differ. I I really have not enjoyed <laughs> the most of the iterations of Spider Man. This was the first Spider Man film that I actually really enjoyed all the way. Oh, I'd say Homecoming was pretty good in my yeah. opinion. Okay, so that was the one. That's the one I haven't seen yet. I love Homecoming. Oh, you haven't even seen that? Oh man. No, dude. I, I just the uh, the other Spider-Man films. Like I, I hated the Tobey Maguire movies, and Andrew Garfield I thought mm. was was just unbearable. Yeah. So I wasn't. Man. I didn't have high hopes for a third Spider-Man. I thought Andrew Garfield's yeah. was probably one of the worst iterations, especially Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man Two. I did yeah. find him unbearable. <laughs> I didn't mind Tobey Maguire because he was kind of this, like, my first introduction to Spider-Man on the big screen, and I actually thought they did a pretty yeah. decent job with uh, bringing him, bringing Spider-Man to life. 
Uh, yeah. I'm not Toby wasn't necessarily the best casted, but I thought they did okay with what they had, and they made some bad decisions. Yeah. But also, there are uh, Spider-Man Two was for a lot of people one of the best superhero films ever made in some people's opinion, just like structure-wise. There's a lot of arguments out there. But I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay. I will amend my statement slightly then. I I think that my (laughs) Tobey Maguire Spider-Man experience is tainted so badly by the third (laughs) one that I I would generally not look favorably on the rest of them. (laughs) I I do remember at at the time, because it was the very first one, I do kind of remember it being fairly cool. So I will, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can just give it some leeway because of that. (laughs) I'll say this about Garfield. I love the scene where Gwen dies. I I will say that scene right there had me. Uh, But that's probably the only part of the the amazing Spider-Man films that I like. Right. It's just when Gwen dies, I'm like, oh. I like when the credits start rolling. (laughs) (laughs) Alex is merciless. Man. Alex is... After after the... (laughs) What was it? (laughs) No, I mean, they they had the post-credit scene, and it was pretty weak. Uh, I I, I, I didn't get that far. Like, at the moment the credits start rolling, when I saw directed by Mark Webb, I said, I'm going to get the hell out of here. This This was really one of the worst experiences of my life. That rhino? <laughs> he was so man. anxious to get out of there, he started climbing over the aisles and knocking people over. Oh, man. Over. No, I, I swear. Like, even with the first one, I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, that it's origin right. story of his parents. It's so stupid. I just remember yeah. the, the first Amazing Spider-Man where he gets his powers and he decides to go skateboarding. And he's like, <laughs> he's in a half pipe. And he, goes, he like skates up the walls like, woohoo! Man, you not tread it was all in slow mo and everything. I just thought it was terribly lame. Yeah, it was very lame. Like, I, I think I think that that film was like <laughs> it had some things that were like going for it, and it was exciting to see. You felt like he was a better casted Peter Parker than, um, but it, it like it just kind of all falls apart. Like Amazing Spider-Man One, I was like, yeah, this is passable for me. I didn't like hate it. I really didn't like the second one. Like Fair that fair. one was unwatchable for me. I just couldn't dig that one. So. But, but I understand. Both of them are like a Sony oh. commercial. Yeah, also. Jamie Foxx. Yeah, Jamie Foxx was a real problem in that. His character was his not. His hair. His <laughs> hair bugged me so badly. Yeah, there were. I'm like, what black dude in the world has a comb over like that? Like, it just didn't make any sense to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was my issue. I was like, that's not believable. <laughs> Same here. Believable. It was. It's always hairstyles first for me. <laughs> it's like, is this hairstyle <laughs> Man, believable? That got me. I didn't like this. <laughs> but no, you're right. It was a. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird. Uh, it was a weird. Uh, it was a weird movie that had a lot of odd choices in it that just um, didn't work very well. But I agree, Jordan. I don't. I I understand where you're coming from though with the, uh, the Gwen Stacy or yes, Gwen. Oh, the Gwen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. With Gwen's death, it was. Uh, it was a very powerful scene. It was. It was an interesting. Yeah. Uh, it was. A, it was a watch. It was more one of the more like okay, this makes sense kind of scenes for me. It worked, but at the same time, the films as a whole, I found. Yeah. I found. I think I've said this before, but uh, the whole relationship between and I don't want to say Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy. I want to say um, <clears throat> Andrew Garfield and uh, what's her name? Emma Stone. Know, Emma Stone, because it just feels like. 
it feels like they like each other as like they're like they were actually dating at the time in real life and all i could think yeah. the whole time is like this is them in a high school play like waiting for the right. scenes where they get to make out like that that's an, <laughs> on yeah. stage in front of yes. everybody it was just kind of like the two drama stars you're like having their fun you know it was right. kind of weird yeah I, well i was actually watching um i was on youtube the other day and in my suggestions something popped up about that movie and it was talking about how um emma and andrew were act- like how they were dating but how they wouldn't let andrew see emma for a couple of days before shooting that scene and so, like, we got the, the, the most real, raw, um, like, response to her death, like, that we could imagine. So, like, that was a pretty powerful scene. And, like, he hadn't seen her in a couple of days. So, like, those tears were real. It was crazy. So, that, I love it. I, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that approach to directing an actor, though. I mean, if he's a really good actor, he should be able to do it whether he's seen her all day or all week or all month. You but, know? Dan... He's not a good actor. I think it has That's more to the do with thing. No, but Andrew Garfield's a good actor. <laughs> Mark Webb is a terrible director. <laughs> okay, okay, fair. Yeah. Uh, Mark Webb, like, I, I mean, I like 500 Days of Summer a little bit, but still, he's not a good director. Like, was a poor choice for an action film, you know? Mm. I see. Well, it just, seems, it just seems a little silly. I mean, like... Just because you don't see your girlfriend for three days or a couple of days before you shoot, a, like, it it doesn't heighten. <laughs> it shouldn't anyway. Like, your your imagination is strong enough that you can, yeah, you can create her death scene in your mind and that actually affect you, whether you've seen her or not. I just think it's a bit silly. It is. So we're divided on the Amazing Spider-Man. I, I, That's good. <laughs> yeah. What a great way to segue into a great film. <laughs> That is true, and let us get to the Spider-Verse, because this, I think, is a fantastic film, hands down. I think it was one of the most enjoyable films I've seen all year. Yeah. How about you guys? I think so, too. Like, yeah, 100%. This this is what comic book movies are supposed to be for me. Like, this is perfect, and I wish they would do more animated films like this. I think that right now with live action... You limit yourself a lot, and there's so many things that are just like you can't believe they're real. But when you go to yeah. an animated film, like everything's possible. Like you have yeah, no, no dude. You have no limitations. Like this, this is what I envisioned Spider-Man yeah. to be like when I was a kid. It was yeah for me. It was pure perfection. Like I can't complain about anything about this film. Like visually, it was stunning. Everything was yeah. great. Go on. I can't. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I walked away with the exact same feeling. I, I was talking to my buddies when I saw it, and I said, "Man, like, if when you're when you're submersed in the world, like, a, it feels like you're reading a graphic novel the whole time, which is just great because artwork in graphic novels is hands down some of the best art out there. Always. And um, when you're in that world and you're submersed in the, the drawings, nothing stands out as impossible, just like you said, and and you you don't need to suspend any belief. And I think that's a phenomenal medium to explore these superhero films in. How about you, Jordan? Mm. Yeah, no, I've always been a huge fan of, like, the comic book animated films. And for me, it's like I love I love 90% of the Batman uh, cartoons that they put out. And just because it's so accurate. Um, and it, it allows you to see that character come to life and it be presented as accurate as possible. Yeah, and so that's always fun 
rather you're a kid or if you're an adult, like I nerd out over that, and I'm like, oh my goodness, man, like I'm 100% seeing Spider-Man how I've always envisioned Spider-Man. Right. Whether it be th- from like a picture or a comic book, like man, this is accurate as, as heck. Yeah. And so, for me, this film allowed me to just go and, and I think I think one of the big things for me is like I, I don't have to walk in and like put on my super judgment cap, like for. I feel like the cartoon film sometimes. So for this one, I walked in and I was like, okay, of course I'm going to judge it because I'm a Spider-Man fan. But I'm not going to have to sit here and be like, oh, well, that wasn't accurate because the character or the actor. Yeah. It's No, this is as accurate as, as it's going to get. The, the Miles Morales that we got was ha- exactly how I envisioned Miles being. And so for me, man, it's, it's, it's so enjoyable when you get something fresh. And I think animated uh, superhero films are very fresh, especially for our generation. You know, like we said previously, we get so many live action attempts, and sometimes it feels like a hit or a miss. Yeah, but absolutely. This felt this felt fresh. It felt like they hit it right where they wanted it to be, and so, yeah, it, it's one for the kids. It's one for the adults. It doesn't matter what age you are. This film is just money. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Jonah. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the film. I was. Uh I agree. It's it feels like it fits into the genre a lot better, right? And they obviously did that with um, their li- the kind of sound effect and uh, little side notes that you would get into, or like what would they be called? The onomatopoeia sort of like clink. Oh, I just mean of, like the, the noises. Is that what you're talking about? No, like the story cues, like the the box the box notes. I can't remember right. what they're called, mm. but uh, you know they they introduced a lot of those kind of comic book frame styles. Yeah. And it obviously feels more like a comic book, but I really appreciated it. So, like, his, his internal thoughts would be in the in the square speech bubble, or yeah, and that, thought I, bubble, I suppose. At first, it felt like they weren't... At first, they, it felt like that was kind of a one-off, because they kind of introduced that... It was a few minutes before they started doing that, at least. And I didn't think they were going to do it as much, but I appreciated it, and it, as it kept going along, I thought it was a great... They used a lot of really cool things for you know moving the story but also creating humor and uh they they cross ref they they crossed the they blended the medium really well but what i really yeah. liked about it was that they kind of brought a new a newer well it's not a new animation style but it is it's like it's it's inspired by a lot of things but it also was kind of a style of animation that we really haven't seen before in a feature film which is kind of that lowered frame rate but still existing in a 3D universe with kind of that. It was very stylized, which was really cool. And I like to see that um, in yeah. animated films. I really appreciate that kind of stuff. Uh, and obviously, I I would say that I agree with you guys on the part where it's it feels like the most true iteration. You're right, because it's not a casting thing. It's really just an artist's um, choice yeah. at that point, right? You're not looking for the the person who looks the part sounds the part uh and can deliver on the day it's more so you're you're really you're not having to worry about those variables so much which is very much true but i think that i think that we've seen enough spider-mans at this point that have had things going for them i just think that it was like this can happen in a live action film i would say that homecoming is probably Again, like I'm not as deep a Spider-Man fan as say uh, Jordan and Alex are, but uh, I mean, I feel like those elements in work th- have worked. And friends that are of mine that are Spider-Man fans are like, you know, some like Homecoming for them was a really great film because they felt like it was the truest of the form. 
but again like I, I think that what this film really worked for me was it was just like really great artwork really great flow lots of great humor and again crossing um art forms from the comic book world to the it was just well done stylistically to me and a lo all the factors really came together quite well yeah i i loved all the style choices i like that when they introduced the new characters every character had their own style as well like the um, oh, yeah like what was it the peter porker had the the looney tunes and then gwen stacy had more of the 3d modern 3d look to her and everyone was so individualized while they were still in that current contemporary world and i thought it just looked <laughs> yeah so they cool all, all the exist through. within their own universe while living in that one universe right yeah exactly like you feel all of the work that the animators have done creating that person in that universe that we haven't seen and then right. bringing it into the current universe so that you feel all the background and all the history is there in the in the work that they've done mm-hmm it kind of i that blending of different styles too but they all exist really what they really fit well into the final style right like they don't they're yeah. out of place but they aren't right like it's yeah. and I, I think that was really cool and i think that's kind of with that that it looked like it was a i don't know like a 15 frames per second kind of or maybe even lower kind of thing right like the motion just it feels framey like it feels like a, you're mm -hmm. seeing a frame rate happen right there's something very unique about it but all of those styles kind of really fit quite well into that uh Could and you it say had, it's almost like turning the page it is almost like turning the page and i think that that was very much why they chose to do that but they also have this very modern like graphic thing going on as well right they had a lot of that really psychedelic uh that really psychedelic animation happening you know lots of bright colors lots of crazy yeah. things happening kind of like um uh dr strange's kind of like journey through multi his version through the multiverse right like there's a lot of really oh, yeah. loud colors big shocking things and they all fit really well and it just feels like this the whole style really links and transcends a lot of different styles which is what re really enjoyable to watch right you have the cartoon style of peter porker mm -hmm. you have that old film noir style of uh nicholas cage's character which is oh, hilarious Nick cage man, it was so that. funny i, I thought, love it <laughs> he casting. Killed at first i thought it was uh what's his name from parks and rec um the the what's oh, i can't remember his name oh no does anybody oh, watch uh, Parks and Rec? Yeah, yeah, uh, Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. I thought it was uh, Ron Swanson at first. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I thought it was Nick Offerman. <laughs> yeah, That's Nick. Really yeah, right, yeah. Anyways, but I, I thought it was super cool. But also just like a freaking awesome story too. It was really fun oh, and exciting. so good. So having said that, uh, Jordan, Alex, you're both big Spider-Man fans, right? I think so. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> Again, like I'm, I'm kind of like, um, I'm a fan, but I'm not near on the level that most other people are. What did you think of like all the different Spider-Mans coming in? Did you think that every single one of them had done like, how did you feel about every character? The original Peter Parker, the fatter Peter Parker, Peter B. Miles Parker. Morales. B. Parker. <laughs> yeah, Peter B. Parker. Yeah. What did you think of all the characters in yeah. one place? I'll go second. Go ahead, Jordan. <laughs> okay, I'll start it. Um, man, it was actually it was actually quite a vibe, and I really enjoyed it. Like, uh, is it Spider Man? The 
What's the name of uh, Nicolas Cage's Noir? Spider-Man Noir. Noir. Yeah. Noir, yeah, dude. Noir, yeah. I've I've always seen him in video games. And uh like I mean obviously I think they captured his his character really well cuz I mean it, he's a darker character, but I love the like just how funny he was. Like he I was did, my favorite, man. He's yeah, so funny. I didn't expect the humor uh from his character like that. And then once again Nicolas Cage crushed it. So Man, that that was cool seeing his uh, character Spider Gwen. I love that we got to see her in a uh, in an animated film. Once again, kind of like Spider Man Noir. Gwen, I f- I feel like her Spider Man character is new to the scene. Like I I've really only heard of Spider Gwen over the last couple of years. I've seen some photos on Instagram, but um, yeah, just seeing her character come alive is actually really cool. And so for me, those two were really stole the film to, for me. I, I mean, also the 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 fatter Spider Man, so Spider B Parker, he was really cool. Peter B Parker. Peter B. Yeah. What did I say? Spider B Parker. Yeah. <laughs> Peter That's right. B yeah. Parker. Interchangeable. Hey, no, it is what it is. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Peter from that other universe, I thought he was really cool. Uh, it, I mean, it was cool to see a Spider Man that didn't have it. You know, you know, all the glitters are gold. Not for him. Not at all. I mean, he lost Mary Jane. Uh, and he was fat. You know what? His, his character arc was one of my favorites in the story, actually. Yeah. I think the moment at the end where he's afraid to go back. Yeah. And then um, Miles Morales tells him it's okay. Yeah. That that actually really got me emotionally both times. I thought it was such a great yeah. character and story point. And it, and it was funny because you could, like, instantly when even when he uh, went into Miles's room to tell Miles that he couldn't go fight, you could you yeah. could sense it in his character that he wanted to say and so like oh yeah and that was what's so great about that scene is that they leave and then they're just waiting outside like they they're all there really wanting him to succeed yeah no and i i love that and it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting how he was trying to hold miles back not because he didn't want to teach him but literally because he wanted to be in that universe because you know he had felt that he had failed in his and so hmm. oh, his, interesting yeah yeah you know and so his character was was I don't know if I'd say relatable, but it actually just it it brought a, a really cool depth to the uh, Peter Parker character, because that's not a side of Peter that we see quite often. I think we see Peter in despair a lot. I think we see Peter hurt and broken, but we never see Peter as a complete failure. And so, yeah, seeing that and then seeing him kind of gain his confidence back at the end of the film, you know, when he walks up to the door, has the flowers, and Mary Jane opens the door. That's kind of a cool little play on okay i think he's got a swagger back you know what i mean and so yeah and that, that's what's so great about that character arc right is that you know he he's failed and yeah. he's okay to to wallow and i think that that's like you said it is very relatable i think mm-hmm. everyone deals with that in some degree when they fail in some aspect of life yeah it's easy to to try and like live in the past and not go and engage with the world yeah but then to decide to get up okay engage with the world again and, and move forward i think is a great uh, it was yeah. a great story character arc yeah, and, and and to see our heroes you know fail is something that you know it, it might be hard to watch but sometimes it's and also it's, it's a great learning lesson and so to see that happen to spider-man you're just like oh man well let's not forget that yes he's a radioactive spider human but he's also the man and the man can go through just as much as the hero and so to see yeah. that affect his hero, like the, his hero lifestyle, was really fun to see it on, you know, to see it captured. And so, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. 
Yeah, you really have two very clear arcs in this film, which are very interesting to watch. And obviously, it's the it's the one hero who's washed up and failed, and you know had a lot of issues, and he's basically given up. And then he he comes into this universe and starts again finding his groove a little bit. He has a bit of a purpose. But yeah. I think that's another thing is like you, it's not just the fact that he wants to stay in that universe. He already is kind of, he's seen that it can work in that universe, but everybody knows that it can't. Mm. And I think he realizes that too. I think it's more, he's, it's not a, it's, it's one of those kind of fake outs where it's like, it feels like a complete arc when he comes, when he, when Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker just des- decides like you, he has a greater step in the end where he decides to go back. Because when he does decide to stay, he's doing it because he doesn't feel Miles can do it, and he feels like he needs to be the hero again and do what he needs to do. He's potentially going to die, but then when Miles comes through and also completes his arc, he kind of like he realizes he needs to be the hero in his universe, and Peter realizes that too, and he realizes he doesn't need to stay there, and he shouldn't. He goes back, right? Yeah. So yeah. there's a there's that's where his like he basically has his complete hero's journey a little bit too early and because Miles can't do it basically, right? Yeah. And then in the end he's not the guy who needs to be the hero in that situation in that universe, which I thought was like a really cool which is a really cool thing, right? Obviously you expect that type of thing to happen, but you have these two heroes that you really you want both of them to succeed. And you're really you're really invested in both of those characters, and they both help each other, basically push each other that extra that just that just extra little bit where they have to go right, yeah, which yeah. is kind of cool. So well, it's a it's a good film because I mean, the characters are really well, you you're invested in them, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And it essentially like you know he is he is the mentor character, and the mentor needs to let go, and he needs to die essentially in order for the hero to really complete his arc, right? It's the same with Gandalf and Frodo and Aragorn, right? Gandalf has to fall into the chasm. He has to go and leave everybody so that they can step into their own and be the heroes that they need to be for their own personal journeys. Totally. Oh, very true. Yeah, I thought I thought that... Uh, <clears throat> I thought it was a really, really cool, like... You get a lot of satisfaction out of the film because you have all these great heroes, and there's a lot of the other characters are essentially all there for comic relief, um, right? Like that they serve other purposes too, but they're very much kind of like part of the their auxiliary characters who are important and all have to get back. But I I really enjoyed like the the focus that they had in this film. Like I thought they really did a great job of focusing in on these two characters and keeping you interested in what they were doing and then having someone like john mulaney as peter porker i thought that was great i thought yeah, that man, i picked him up right away oh Got i love john that mulaney. my favorite voice. my favorite part was when he's like leaving <laughs> and he's like i want you to have this hammer have this hammer it'll fit, it'll in, fit, your fit in your pocket <laughs> that was great my favorite line from him was when uh, they're hiding on the ceiling he goes um do animals talk in this universe? Because I don't want to freak him out. <laughs> that, that was the my, thing, the, the my funny... least favorite character, to be honest. The pork. <laughs> You're obviously okay. not a John Mulaney fan, but he's freaking hilarious. I have to say this, though. Great stand-up comedian. They all had a lot of really good... Um, like, 
there's a lot of self-referencing obviously within the spider-verse you know they have like everybody's little origin story like all the problems with superhero movies they make fun of those especially the spider-man one it's like <laughs> yeah because in this in this one they're like everybody hates the or- origin story now right it's like we've seen it too many times the same thing with batman it's like we've seen his origin story too many times i don't even want to see it during the opening credits like just his background <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. so they kind of just like they beat you over the head with like here's the origin story here's the origin story again it's kind of this like you know it's i loved this, it i thought it was I, very funny but it's a joke right like it's a great yeah, joke it's like or, everybody hates origin it, stories too. It was a great way to okay, deal with it. Okay, I'm gonna tell you one more time. Yeah, but then, uh, like they, they all, they, they are self-referencing within the Spider-Man universe and the superhero film, film genre. But right. I just like that John Mulaney joke with the hammer because you guys know what hammer space is, right? Ooh, I don't no, know. Hammer space. That. That's the word. That's the word for where cartoon characters pull giant things out of thin air. It's just called hammer space. So I, I think that was just in hammer little space. animators, oh. kind of like. Hey, here's a little hammer joke for all the animators out there. That's just what I ah. think is going on. But it's just like he's the cartoon character. He's a little hammer space joke for all our animator friends out there. I love it. Just think about that. <laughs> Did not know that. You learn That's something cool. every week on this podcast. Every, every week. That's right. <clears throat> Alex, well, haven't heard from you in a while. How you doing over there? Good. I had to mute my microphone because, like I told you guys, there's a construction going on, and it was pretty loud for a minute or two. Okay. But now it's quiet. What did, what did you love what did you love most about this Man, this film? Like it's really hard to like even start. I I love Miles. I love Peter B Parker. I mm-hmm. was really happy on how they portrayed every every like iteration of the character. It was pretty cool. And it reminded yeah. me like do you guys remember the animated series from the 90s? Oh, glory. A little yep. bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, well, didn't watch it that much, but okay. I do remember. I, I yes. loved it. And there was this part in the, like, what, I think it was season two or something, when there are many universes crossing between, like, the yeah, like the actual New York, and they have different kind of Spider-Mans going in and out of the, of the universe, and Madame Webb, who is a character that's, like, an interdimensional being who knows everything that's going on between dimensions. I don't know. Like, for me, that as a kid, it was pretty cool to see a lot of Spider-Mans, but it was it was kind of simple for kids to understand because if not, it was going to be really complicated. And seeing how they did that here, like having so many characters and so many different, like, subplots going on, it was pretty cool. It was like a complex storytelling, but at the same time, simple enough for everyone to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it reminded me a bit of Back to the Future, that there's so mm. much going on, but okay. you still understand everything that's happening. And I think that when you... Except for the title. Why is it called Back to the Future when they go to the past? Yeah. Because he says, mm. we got to get back to the future, Marty. <laughs> that whole part. <laughs> That was they even right. say it in the film because he goes to the past, but he's got to get back to the future. Yeah, that's well. Yes, I know. But there's a great John Mulaney bit. Speaking of John Mulaney, obviously Peter Porker, where he does I a John Mulaney. He he does a stand-up bit where he talks about pitching the guys who pitched the story of Back to the Future to the executives, and it's very funny. It's a great bit. You got to watch it. All of John Mulaney's Netflix specials are hilarious. They are. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, but he's 
probably yeah he's great you need but to back like to what that Alex peter porker <laughs> <laughs> but i i really loved everything man like i heard a lot of people complaining about uh wilson fisk i didn't mind like what did they complain that about? he's not a good villain in this movie but it really what? like i mean it's not his film like it's miles film like he's Absolutely. he's just there for the sake of having a villain and he, uh, he, he's good He's. I thought he. Yeah, I thought he was fine. I, I mean, think it's fine. You're right. I, I think. But, well, you know, your point is correct, though, Alex. Like, it's not his movie. He is kind of. I mean, he's a he's a useful character. He is a developed character to a certain extent, and he's a bit yeah. of a plot driver. But like, he's not really. He's not the focal point, and you're not actually. They're not actually fighting him per se throughout the whole film right there there it's really a lot of internal battles that you are yeah with these characters and he actually has a motivation which is even outside of just dealing with spider-man spider-man is just someone who gets in the way and he kills him so that's you know fine he deals with that problem but then he has a whole bunch of other problems and really everybody's like he has the motivation to get his family back so that's good enough i wouldn't maybe he's not the best possible villain but to your point again it's not really about him and that's not why most people are like interested in the characters it's because they're all dealing with their own you know internal struggles and that's and they're kind of working on that together as a bunch of spider people so it's yeah. like really it's it's really powerful because of that so i didn't even really think anything of wilson fisk to be honest i was like yep yeah, okay he's fine but the rest of it's you know it, yeah. it's not really about him the movie had a lot yeah. to like it, not a lot of people know about Miles Morales. Everybody knows about sure. Peter Parker. And trying to make people love this new Spider-Man, it's hard. And you have to take your time for people, you know, to start feeling like some kind of attachment to him. You can't go around and be like, yes, this is going to be a Peter Parker movie. You really have to focus on the other guy. And I think they did a great job. Yeah. And you do this, you have this really great kind of building of him as a character right you have him and his dad and his their relationship and then you have him and his uncle and he has these kind of the these he has this hero and his uncle who actually becomes a villain and his uncle actually you know has a heart and all that stuff and i guess yeah. he you know he's obviously a great bad guy for wilson fisk but you know at the end of the day you realize that he's not like there, there's a good there's good balancing of relationships for miles yeah. Uh, to grow as a character, and I thought that that was really, really great. And I, yeah, it was a it was a Miles Morales film, despite yeah. all of these relatively well balanced characters. You know, no, having no, said that, though, Miles uh, or Miles Morales, um, I'm not too familiar with his like introduction yeah. into the Marvel universe. So, Jordan, do you have like what it, I, like you yeah. you mentioned that you've liked him in the past and stuff that you've seen him in. How long yeah. have you been intro how long have you been a fan of the Miles Morales story? Yeah, so the the first time I uh I think the first time I saw Miles, at least in a animated was animated film or T V show was in the Ultimate Spider Man. That was the one that Drake Bell actually did did the vocal uh he did the voicing for Spider Man. Which he killed it by the way. But it was more of a kid's show, so it wasn't like Drake is in is in the rapper Drake? No, like uh, like Drake and Josh. <laughs> like Who, who's Drake and Josh? <laughs> no one here has ever watched Drake and Josh. Drake Bell, he's a he's an artist, he's an actor. 
It's like a comedy okay. show on Nickelodeon when I was a kid. <laughs> but not the rapper Drake. <laughs> that would have been awful. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Drake Bell. Check him and out. I think you, you, misrepre- you misrepresented us at the beginning. We're actually 80s babies. <laughs> yes. So yeah, we Dan, might have guys... just missed that show. Well, <laughs> when, I, when I was a young lad, the old Drake and Josh was the show. But Drake Bell is the guy who does the, the voice for him. But it's it's more of a kid Spider-Man show. And uh, still a really still a really good ad- adaptation of the character, but they introduced Miles in that show, in a in a crossover, and so like Drake actually, excuse me, Spider Man, voiced by Drake, actually ends up falling into Miles's uh, timeline, and it's actually really similar because when he lands there, he sees the young Spider Man, which is Miles, and Miles is like, "Hey man, this is gonna be crazy, but uh, in my universe, you're dead," and so like, it's like this huge like plot twist and anyway that's the first time i saw miles as a character and so yeah i mean i was i was interested in in him because i mean you know i'm, I'm a young black kid and i'm like man a, a black spider-man who would have thought <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> i'm mexican so it was also like yeah he's a la- he's he's a black Latin yeah, he's spider-man yeah <laughs> he's i'm like what the what so th- that was cool and then he's he's you guys combined yeah he's, us. he's just he's just filling the gaps what we'll call it yeah. you know what I'm saying? it's pretty cool but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it was really cool it was really cool seeing that and uh like the new spider-man game that just came out on ps4 by insomniac in that game they really tie miles into the story which is letting me know at least that marvel is actually super keen on the character of miles and if you guys didn't know this as well in the uh spider-man homecoming d- d- you guys remember the scene where donald glover Gets, yeah, it's, uh, uncle, it's his uncle Aaron. Yeah. Yes. So if Marvel decides to go with that Miles story, actually Donald Glover but would be... You know what? Like Marvel is not going to do it like that. I think that's one yeah. p- part of Sony's deal to introduce yeah. like parts of, of uh, Miles' story into their universe yeah. so people can come and watch the Spider-Verse films and be more related to the character. I'm sure that's what's yep. part of the deal. Like Sony wants to make as much that. money as they can with that story. They're not gonna sell and, it to 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 Marvel. To Marvel, no way. But Disney. but it's also pretty crazy. Or yeah, yeah. to Disney. Excuse me. It, it's pretty yeah. wild that um, in the deleted scenes, if you check it out, uh, Donald Donald Glover is still tied to that to the car or yeah. web to the car, and he's like, "Hey, tell Miles I'm gonna be late." Yeah. And it, it's pretty cool because you're like, "Oh man, they're." They're they're totally teasing us. We're not gonna get it, but they're teasing what us. Is that what's going on? Yeah. And so 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 you so hang on. So you're saying that the Donald Glover character in Homecoming is Uncle yeah. Aaron? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You need to watch the movie, but but he sent like a uh, weapons dealer. Mm-hmm. He's like selling weapons in Homecoming, and um, how does how, how is uh how is Donald Glover as a villain? Because I've seen him in uh, some of his stand up and. He's not like a physically imposing guy. So how how is he as an actor? He's a great well, actor. As an actor, oh man, and uh, oh, what's Atlanta, he's kind of a bit of a Atlanta, yeah. That's, that's, he's kind of a multifaceted gentleman. That guy, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I know. Obviously, man, he's, he's childish he's music is amazing as well. Music is yeah. good, but as a villain, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think they're gonna. He's not really a villain. He's like yeah. a, an anti-hero. Like an anti-hero kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. He is. He, yeah. Well, so he what was Spider-Man. his character? Sorry. Uncle so his, his character. Was that Jordan? Yeah. I mean, in, in, in some instances, he actually does help Spider-Man. 
I do believe in a few comics, like him and Spider-Man actually end up teaming up. But most of the time, the Prowler is going to be Spider-Man's villain just because they don't see eye to eye because Uncle Aaron is doing bad things. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it, to me, it's pretty cool how much Marvel has embraced Miles' character. Like I said, in Ultimate Spider-Man, in Spider-Man PS4, and also in, uh, even in Homecoming, just maybe teasing for more of like a, you know, we're going to market this character. But... Yeah, in in the comic books, he's he's really he's really loved, and um, I always see like this. I don't know what comic book it is, but it always pops up on my Instagram feed where like Miles has killed Captain America in a flashback, and like everyone's freaking out. It's one of the Civil War comics, and so I'm really looking to get my hands on that comic book just because I'm really interested to see how Miles ties into even even Civil War. Like, which is that is one Civil of the, War too? Of, uh, I think it is. But it, it, it's it's one of the newer uh, Civil War comics that they've come out with. But Miles is in it, and so I'm interested to see. I mean, how they're tying him into comic books as well. So it, it's exciting. It's it's really exciting. But that's kind of my my little five cents. So are they? Mr. Miles. They're going to be doing more of these then. I, I do believe. Okay. I, 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 I believe in the next couple of years we're going to get some serious love from that character. Um, so I'm sure there'll be another film. Uh, We'll talk I think are they probably like twenty twenty. Then, huh? is it so highly likely that more of these animated? They're they're gonna keep this animated series kind of thing going. Then I guess, eh? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Like, did you guys see the post credit scene with Spider Man twenty ninety nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like, did. I'm sure I they did. they're yes, gonna keep they're gonna keep going with <laughs> the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. So which one was the Spider Verse? Like full on. That was like totally Mexican Spider Man, right? Who? Uh, at the end credit sequence, it was like um, that other Spider Man. It was a Mexican one because it was all in Spanish, wasn't it? Was oh, it? it's just like the cartoon, like the Spanish dub. I thought that was the yeah. original cartoon. Yeah. This re- no, no, no. Remember though, before that though. There's a there's a new Spider-Man suit and they're speaking Spanish and then it goes into the like the Ooh, 60s clip. I completely forgot that. I forgot that, yeah. Oh yeah, he jumps back and well he yeah, he exists and he like starts out in the original like the same kind of style and then he hops back to yeah. the original animated universe. Yeah. I can't remember what the name of that Spider-Man is though. There's a name for him. The yeah, the meme Spider-Man. What is his? Yes. Uh, oh, someone was telling me about this. I can't remember. It was Ryan last week. He w- we saw it together. He was telling me who it was. I forget now though. Anyways, it was. I thought that was just like a kind of funny. <laughs> I thought they were just having a having a joke with that one. I didn't know if it was actually going to go anywhere. Well, it it would it be cool hilarious. if they if they ran with that Spider Verse theme. I mean, just because it's it's been so it was accepted so well by viewers. That it would make sense. I mean, look, Sony has attempted to do, like we said, the the live adaptations of Spider-Man, and it made them money, but it didn't last. Yeah. At the moment, what they're doing with this, and then what they did with Venom, it sounds like they might have a little formula. So I'm like, man, if it well, Venom was was atrociously bad. It was atrociously bad, but it, mm-hmm. people freaking. I mean, it made that dough. So they're like, oh, we're gonna make a second one. That is true. I, I couldn't believe it made money. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it, so I'm not gonna. You know what I mean? But it sounds like they have a little formula for them to possibly make, you know, some good buck over the next few years. But I do pray that they do more Spider-Verse than they do Venom. So that's just, 
That's I hope they I hope they don't keep going with Venom for real. They I think it was a really bad idea. I think it was a bad idea. They got oh, brave. Yeah. They got brave. Yeah, like Venom without <laughs> Spider-Man for me is just pointless. Amen. There's just so many All confusing right. things happening right now, though. With the, this is my cons- my where I'm like, is, are they actually gonna keep going with this? Like, is it gonna does the Spider Verse itself have a lot of legs, or is that something where they're gonna like, okay, that's how we introduced Miles. Mm-hmm. Now we're just gonna we're gonna keep Ooh. going with Miles here. Yeah. Right. I, like that. Hmm. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I think I they would still believe have that possibilities. To, yeah, I mean, but I. I feel like with that post-credit, if it is to give us any type of, okay, maybe there is a future, because Spider-Man uh, 2099 came in talking about the Spider-Verse, I feel like Sony's going to try to lean towards the Spider-Verse, and that's just a theory. But Does that if work? Does that have a lot of legs, that Spider-Verse story-wise? Yes. Yeah. Like, do they uh, keep going? Yeah, legs. there's... I, Jordan, you probably played it. There was this PS3 game... Where you had like also like like you could play yes. with Spider Man twenty ninety nine with the dimensions with Shattered Spider-Man Dimensions Noir. yeah that one that one yeah it was pretty That's good the one. and and it was a lot of fun and it was kind of like into the Spider Verse it was yeah. just awesome. different little stories that all came back together and and they had Mysterio yeah. in it he was the the main villain it was a great game Man. you guys should play so, it. so I mean but the, the crazy thing is 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 how much once again that Marvel has teased this Spider-Verse stuff. Like we're, we're talking, they did it in the nineties comics. Uh, they did it, like I said, on that, on the ultimate Spider-Man TV show, they did it. in I mean, they had a whole, whole entire video game in 2010 that was just based on the Spider-Verse. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's a long time coming for at least an animated film. And so I'm glad we got it, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like they're going to, they're going to try to run with it and see how far they can go. And I mean, well, it'll be interesting to track the numbers for it, like box office wise, because I'm looking at them right now, and on a production budget of 90 million, at the moment, after two weeks, it's made 144 million. Hmm. So I mean, it's doing okay, but that's not, you know, insane numbers. But yeah. I think for an animated film, it's not bad. Yeah, it'd be interesting <clears throat> to to find a a relative comparison. Yeah, yeah. Like if you go, like if you check Pixar numbers it's like they're gonna be way higher for any other movie but i think that for a sure. comic book f- animated film it's pretty decent like in two weeks making 144 right yeah it's yeah. pretty decent like well Is not it decent it's like weeks? great <laughs> i yeah. think i've never heard of something like that I, w- I was surprised on how much you know just like the older generation how much of us saw the movie yeah. you know what i mean i thought honestly i thought it was gonna be a hit or miss because once again people were a lot of people were, you know at least my age were dogging the like oh bro the animation's weird but the second i got into the, the movie theater and i sat there and i was like oh my gosh this animation is actually super super good it's super creative so it, it's yeah i mean it, it, it's cool how they've kind of captured the attention of everybody i didn't expect that so Dude, I went with my friend Tom Yanko, and he's a he's an animator and visual effects artist, mm-hmm. and he was just losing his mind. Like he loves comic books, he loves animation and everything like that, and he he was just frothing over this film. Yeah. One of the things that he pointed out to me, which I didn't notice, but um, then I saw it the second time and I couldn't help but notice, is that when they were doing, 
like a, a deep focus shot instead of blurring the back image like you would get with a normal lens you know you have a long lens and you focus on someone in front and then the back goes out of focus instead of doing that they would use what he called um like red green and blue rgb separation mm -hmm. so they would have the same object and essentially pull out the colors so that you would see on one side it'd be red on the other side you'd have green and it would kind of create this like it would make it just slightly difficult to focus on it. Yeah. And then he, he demonstrated it to me at work the next day, and it was really cool. But you could see that all the way through the film, just the use of that, uh, that, visual, that visual technique yeah. in order to create like a really unique style that I think worked really well. Yeah, because I'm wondering, mm. when, when they were inside of the school, like if you looked into the background, it, 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 was, like, it was like, I don't know, it was, it was the depth that was on like miles, but then the... The way the people in the background looked was quite interesting. It was it almost felt like 3D. Yeah, I don't know if that's yeah. what he's talking about, but man, that was that was cool. I was like, okay, it's kind of hurting my eyes, but then I like it. Like, <laughs> it's kind of cool though. That's really awesome. Yeah, I mean, if you watch it again, you you start to notice that that when you look at the background, because I saw it twice, that I didn't that you will see like the color separation is being pulled out, pulled out of the sides of the main object, which is, was really kind of a cool thing to see rather than you see, you see, you see it a lot. Yeah. Rather do than you guys, yeah, do you exactly. guys think this has like Oscar potential? <laughs> oh dude, 100% the soundtrack. <laughs> I think like, I think this is going to win best animated film of the year. I think it's the well, most I, unique. I hope so. It's the most unique I've seen in a feature film in a long time. I mean, there have yeah. been yeah. great animated films that explore different styles, but I thought this one immediately stood out to me when I when I was watching the trailer. I was like, "This is really cool," and yeah. I didn't actually notice that RGB uh, color space separation that you're talking about. But now I will watch it again and look for it because that i mean it's little there were like little things throughout the film that i noticed that they did that was like this is really this is really awesome and it's it is a bit of a risk but it's uh it, it worked really really well right right yes yeah. it was again very stylized it's, and i really appreciate it's that really kind of cool thing. like phil lord the guy who did the lego movie wrote it and you can see how this guy really takes risk and how good he is with comedy it's kind of disappointing mm. that he got fired from from the Han Solo movie, which was garbage. <laughs> but, sure was. Yeah, but <laughs> another Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah, but look how much potential and, uh, yeah. he has as a writer. Like yeah. the Lego movie, I had no expectations from it, and it was great. And this movie is just. Did he do Lego Batman as well? No, no, only the Lego no. movie. But this was so good, so good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was going to tell you something funny. As you guys know, I, I bought my Spider-Man shoes. Oh, yes. I, I got the, the Jordan ones from Spider-Man. Oh, no, you didn't. Like, nobody so nobody was noticing my, my, my shoes when I walked into the theater. The moment I walked out, like, everybody was like, look, he has a Spider-Man shoes. I'm like, man, I live in Mexico. <laughs> I live in Mexico. Someone's going to steal them from me. <laughs> man, I, I, so, Pete, this, you ready for this? This is crazy right here. I'm about to tell you. So... The shoes were dropping on uh, this the sneakers app. I've been in my shoe game since I've been back home, Dan, in, in America. So I've been, you know. Jordan loves his shoes. I do. Me too, man. Shoes. Yeah, me too. Man, and <laughs> so so I had this sneaker app and it was ready to go. It was like, okay, the shoe drops at 9 a.m. I was like, okay, cool, cool. I'll wake up at 9. Man, I forgot to charge my phone and I woke up at like noon. Jumped man. on the sneaker oh, app bro. and those things were sold out so yeah. quickly. I had to buy them in StockX. Yeah, oh, like oh I, I couldn't get How them. Like, 
Yeah, tell, 350. Tell us how much you 350. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Like, like recent. They were about, what were they, 160? 160. 160, 160, but they sold out in five minutes. Yeah, man. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have got You waited in person for them, didn't you? No, Alex? I didn't. And they only had oh, one pair. Went, I no, I went for the... I no, I, stood, in I stood in line for the Jordan 11 Concords. I have those. Oh, yeah. I stood in line okay. for those. Those are like almost the same model that Michael Jordan wore in Space Jam. Man. Yeah, I stood in line for those. You got a real sneakerhead in here. Yeah. Wow, but not that's, for the hey, that's, that's that's commitment, right? You just there. walked in and got those. No, I had to to buy them online. The Spider Man. Oh, you got them online. And, yeah, so. but it was but, a pain. But it, yeah, but he had to buy them on a resale. Uh, yeah, a resale just, website. Yeah, it, it caught. I mean, it, it people people will resell shoes on there that that sold for two hundred dollars for eight hundred, and people will actually sit there and buy them. Yeah, the shoe community is crazy. It's crazy. So. Yeah, but I, I I'm looking I, at I, I, I'm looking for these shoes right now. Yeah, I needed them with me, man. Like I really, I really <laughs> needed them. This reminds me of the Entourage episode where Turtle gets the uh, the Fukijama yeah, shoes. Yeah, the Air Force wants. Vince, <laughs> yeah, Vince has to go and he pays the artist himself. He pays him fifteen grand for a pair yeah. of shoes. Goodness me. Yeah, but that's but, me. Uh, <laughs> the, the the cool thing about the shoes is that that they were called the. Uh, the origins, the origin, like origin Jordans, like the origin story, and I was like, oh, that's just fly. Like that's even cool. to the point where I was like, I don't need them, but I need them because Miles wore them. So yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, that, one day. That, that was me. I'm a 30 year old guy who needs comic book <laughs> shoes and stuff with me. Jordan Alex is a huge uh, movie paraphernalia collector, and he always gets the original stuff. Goodness. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm not jealous. <laughs> I'm good. I'm okay. I'm not jealous. I'm good. I, I've been saying. <laughs> but I've been saying. man, that's a that's it's really cool. And I was I was telling you Dan on the phone earlier that um, like I was catching some of the uh, like the pop culture, hip hop culture references in the background in the movie. They were like just yeah, the Chance the Rapper uh, poster. I it, saw that. Yeah. Yeah, they had the, like the four. They had a couple Biggie stuff. Like it was really cool. I mean, really, th- those were mm-hmm. those were the biggest things. That Chance the Rapper poster popped up a couple of times, which makes me think he's releasing another album. I'm like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of chance. But no, man, <laughs> it was it was it was interesting, man. I I, I love, I love the soundtrack as well. Like, I know I mentioned that earlier, but man, I've been listening to that, uh, on Spotify like 24 seven. It's really the good. Music yeah. was it's phenomenal. really good. I've like, been listening so to good. it too. It was a good soundtrack. It was they awesome. Did, they did such a good job. And so, I mean, they just had. Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, go on. I was just gonna say it was uh, it all together like the the decision making throughout this like the creative decision making from soundtrack mm-hmm. to to animation to just like casting and everything was really really well done. I mean, you had Chris Pine there playing the first spot, Peter Parker. Then you had um, I forget what his name is from New Girl. Who? What was his name playing spot? Uh, Peter Peter B. B. Parker. Parker. Yeah, I forget uh, his name actually. Spider B. Percent familiar with that actor beforehand. Um, I just thought it was all like super well casted, like and every every decision they made, like from music to yeah. just like everything, was just so well done. So it's it's what made it a really good movie for me. Nicholas Cage, man, like, oh, that was one of my favorite casting choices. That line, like his lines were so yeah. good. Oh, Jake Jake Johnson. Yeah, like, uh, when they first introduce him. 
And like, is he in black and white? <laughs> Why is there wind? <laughs> Wherever I go, the wind follows. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was really good. I and mean, again, like it was these very ran. It was a really random cast of characters when you think about it. But it was it all really fit quite well. My favorite line is got to be when they're in uh, Aunt May's house. And she keeps telling everybody to take it outside. And he's like, we don't choose the ballroom. We just dance. <laughs> <laughs> and I start fighting. Hey, low key though, Aunt May had some hands, man. She put it on, uh, was that Scorpion? Who'd she hit? She hit somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. She takes the bat to him. This, this, I said, take it outside. Very good version of Aunt May. I'm glad she wasn't Aunt Bay. Because uh, the Aunt May in the new Spider-Man is, is a babe. And it's a bit, it's throwing me off. So... Who, who is it? Um, Marissa oh, Tomei. Marissa Tomei. That's right. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't she's mind not it. Old enough to be. I'm not complaining. Yeah, well, I mean, she's always she's always lovely to look at. But, but it's yeah, kind no, of easy I, on the. I, I don't mind it because it. <laughs> he's supposed to be 16 and. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that his aunt is in on her early 50s, for late 40s. It she, makes sense. She looking good. She looking super good for 50. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. It was it was cool to have the the old Aunt Aunt May back, which is just it's just fun. But obviously, the, once again, this Peter Parker died at twenty six, so he's a bit older. Yeah. Um. What? Okay, so story wise, yeah, there were so many good moments in this classic hero's journey, which I really appreciate. the The very clear call to action. Mm-hmm. when Miles first goes, he go, he returns to the scene where he get bit and then he finds Spider-Man, <laughs> Peter Parker fighting. Who 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 are those, Um, like the, the demon he was, that was fighting? Great. That was actually Green Goblin. That? that was Green Goblin? Yeah, he was yeah. fighting Norman. Because he's like, Norman. He was calling out Nor- Norman's name. And uh, it, it, seem, it seems uh, that in a lot of the newer versions of uh, Spider-Man in the comics and also a lot of the animated shows, that Green Goblin is now becoming like a like a full mutated goblin rather than just the uh like the typical suit so right okay yeah yeah. so they've sort of dispensed with that that storyline from the uh the first uh toby mcguire film Mm -hmm. i mean there's still there's still some comics that uh goblin is still in the suit like there's one where he's actually merging i think it's actually uh ongoing at the moment but he like merged with carnage and so He's actually in the suit, but covered in carnage. It's crazy, but uh, okay. a lot of the adaptations now he's like full mutated, so they just kept right. they kept okay, it going. Interesting, but proceed. I'm sorry. Um, but then when uh, at the end of that fight scene, when Peter Parker is lying on the ground and he's all beat up and everything, and he gives him the what what does uh, Peter B. Parker call it? <laughs> the, uh, the doohickey or the <laughs> remember? He's like um, it's the USB chip. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're the one who's seen it. Anyway, and uh, P- Peter <laughs> Parker says, I need you to do this for me. You have to promise to do this for me. It's like the very clear call to action. So now he's got a mission, and that's what drives him into completing his whole task. But then when we go from there, we go, he starts, you know, discovering who he is, and he goes to Aunt May's house, and then they go into the, the shed. Yeah. And they descend down the elevator into the darkness. And I love that imagery of like that's where he comes face to face with a all of his all the other guys yeah who are who have completed their hero's journey but now he has to come face to face with all of his insufficiencies and all of his inadequacies yeah and then he leaves right he 
that's the character going into the deepest, darkest pit, which is a classic hero's journey. Yeah. So he leaves and he rejects the call. And then the guys go and they try and convince him or they tell him to stay. Then he has the moment with his dad where he finally gets courage and he finally accepts himself for who he is and what he can do. And then he returns to the deepest, darkest pit. And then he goes back down and he comes out victorious and comes out the hero. And I thought that was just awesome. Yeah. An awesome way to tell that journey. Oh, I shot chills thinking about it. Like seriously, that the scene where right after he gets the suit and does like the first swing, man, yeah. talk about a moment. Like, the the first dude the <sighs> best freaking moment of that whole thing is when he goes up to the building and we've seen him you know the leap of faith earlier and he kind of fails both yeah goes up to the tallest building jumps off does the backflip and then the camera inverts yes, the shot holy so he's falling toward the buildings and the buildings are at the top of the frame yeah i lost my mind at that shot <laughs> it was so amazing yo that with and once again i'm a, I'm a shout out to the soundtrack even the song they they chose yeah. to play like man, it was just a cool moment. Like, it was so so, good. so many nerd moments. Even seeing like the Jays, like even even that for me was cool. It was just like, bro, like, man, they they, they figured it out, and it, that's such an iconic thing for any Spider-Man film. And we really haven't seen it in Homecoming yet, and I hope we do soon. But capturing like at least one iconic, you know, spider swinging moment is so important for a film. And uh, yeah. I think I think they just put themselves in the top three, like 100%. Like, so what are your other top two then? Because I thought those, um, I, that whole sequence was yeah my favorite that I've seen. I really love, um, and this is the only part of Spider-Man 3 that I vibe a lot, but when he gets the black suit, the score in that scene, when he wakes up on the roof, okay, and then he jumps off and does a swing, that's, one, that's really iconic, uh, at least for the black suit. Okay. And then in is it ultimate spider-man amazing spider-man 2 uh actually the opening swing like when when he's falling and then he's heading to graduation it's just a like right. oh man the parkour like he was he was going so parkour on the buildings and so that was those those three for me those are my top three but man yeah miles is right up there i mean it might even be number one just because it's so satisfying but i i think they crushed it was so cool unreal and i i think that this this format like using the the graphic novel style of animation to portray this this story i think works so well because you don't have to cut between the live action and the cg Mm -hmm. and you know like the original spider-man's this you can see it when it becomes cg Mm -hmm. and it kind of takes you out of it right at least it does for me so to be able to stay in this and follow this story all the way through in the same style without yeah being aware and consciously aware of when it's cut to cg was just so satisfying for me no very immersive 100 percent, i agree what do you guys think anyone else have a a big swing moment in their life (laughs) like as in a a big swing like spider-man moment yeah yeah like what are your favorite uh what are your favorite ones yeah and like i guess where do you think the that miles i mean for me that was one of the coolest moments in the film where do you think that compares? Just maybe with some other moments. I don't know. No, I can't really say that I remember. The only the only one I really remember is Peter Parker and the original one swinging into the billboard. That's pretty much it for me. I mean, there yeah. are a few pretty iconic ones from the original one. I mean, I I, I still I still kind of disagree with this this whole uh, notion of like in and out of the graphic world. Like. Mm-hmm. 
um, in the original live action ones. I thought that for the most part, like I never felt taken out of the story by this. I do like, I do see what you guys are saying. With when it all exists in one animated world, it it feels more cohesive. But I still think for the most part, the original films for the time that they were doing them at, yeah, I don't, I still don't feel like they're all that dated. Maybe I need to watch them again. Shoot. Uh, I actually think that Homecoming has a little bit more oh, yeah. Ooh, sp- sporadic scenes where you're like, where Spider-Man is like, you. I feel like I see the graphic element in those a lot more, you know, yeah. like when he's swinging or through, through like jumping over certain buildings, his wow. movements are, yeah. I actually felt like in some cases I get taken out of it more in Homecoming than I remember in like the with Raimi like films. the, like uh, the... Toby Maguire stuff, yeah. Because th- at the time, like, uh, maybe it was a time thing. Like, it was the graphics at those times were really good uh, for what they were. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they were they were pretty. Uh, I they were pretty big moments too, right? Like, yeah. Those that there's a reason why the original Spider-Man still kind of have a fan base and a following and an appreciation mm-hmm. is because I think they did some things pretty well. Yeah, like the um, the the Raimi films were so. I thought the CGI on those were actually pretty good, like you said, for the time. Uh, like we, like I, I go back and watch Black Panther sometimes, and man, that last fight scene is so CGI'd. I'm like, oh, what is this? Yeah, I didn't like Black Panther <laughs> at all. Black Panther yeah, is a I CGI like mess. I mean, that, I'm just gonna be honest. Like, fun film, sure, but uh, man, the CGI was was a hot mess. dot com, and so it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you look you look back at at some of those old Spidey, Spidey films and. Man, you can appreciate it because you're like, man, you guys, they put so much detail into uh, yeah. into those films in the in the early two thousands, and so, yeah, I yeah. mean, you you appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, they they use CGI they... in a different way. Like mm. they they use CGI for when they needed to, you know, like yeah, like we mm-hmm. can't make a we can't make Tommy McGuire swing through buildings in New York, so we're gonna use it right now. It's more like. Let's use CGI for everything, and we'll use actors only when we need to. It's I think that's the mentality yeah, so right the, now. The inverse yeah. of what was yeah. originally happening. It's, yeah, it felt. Yeah, you're right. It's like CGI. So I watched it. I watched an interesting like analysis of just Spider-Man CGI stuff. It's funny you mentioned this because I really didn't. Again, like it. It feels like that this it should be better now, but I do realize like the new Spider-Man stuff. You you rec you recognize the CG a lot now, and you do yeah. realize that they yeah. use them a lot. And there are some really good CG moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a comparison between even um, the Amazing Spider-Man stuff and the Homecoming stuff, and what their choice there's there was a they did something interesting with uh, the amazing spider-man which is they actually made the suit they put a lot of detail into the suit even mm. in cg and made it like it didn't fit perfectly you could see fabric flapping and all that stuff oh, uh, oh, you might yeah. even remember you might even remember like him jumping off the uh a building in new york in that movie and his like he's got like his arms back so he's kind of got that groove between shoulder blades happening and he's He's kind yeah. of like in a squirrel suit dive almost, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see the fabric of his suit come together and flapping in the wind. Whereas in the new Homecoming, it's just 
too clean it's all super tight and you don't it's just like the cg this there's no natural kind of flow to the suit yeah and uh, they that it makes it feel very animated with that and it, i think it's a cool suit i think it's a better suit i think it's a an awesome design but it is true like there is kind of this that's where i feel like the separation's happening more and more is that animation and live action is kind of getting a little bit too clean whereas mm. like people really insert in the other ones they kind of embraced the the imperfections i guess a little bit yeah. or at least tried to emulate them a bit more so anyways yeah. I, well yeah and i i think that's, that's part of the the problem with sh with shooting you know 4k and then all this super high definition and high resolution screenings is that uh you you there's so much detail that what's not real stands out. Yeah. Like, I think I talked about this before, but I went to the theater recently and I watched the Lord of the Rings on the big screen on the 35 mil prints. And I was watching those. And I'm like, man, like, A, there's so much practical elements in those films. Like, they, they use miniatures and everything. But the texture of something real always stands out as, as superior to something that's not there. But even those old, well, I guess they're not old films. They're 15 years old now, but they were shot in the late 90s and early 2000s. They still look really, really good. The, the CG holds up incredibly well. Yeah. So, so I, that's what I'm I, saying, Dan, is in, in that yeah. sense. Like, I, for me, those experiences were so well done at the time that I remember them for being well blended into them. So I never actually felt taken out of the story in that. And I agree, like, when you stay in one style of animation, it, it allows you to appreciate the story more. But again, like, I, I do agree with you. In more recent years, I do feel like CG and certain movies are doing it better than others. Black Panther yeah. is a great example of one that's like, it really takes you out of the experience. It really Have does. Have you guys seen Aquaman? Yeah. I haven't no, yet. Not yet. That's is not it yet. garbage. <laughs> and the no, it's not. It no. looks, it looks bad. And the CGI is uh, one of the worst I've seen. But what I will yeah. say about the jump <laughs> stuff that you're asking about is most of the iconic ones for me, I guess, would be probably in the very first one where I used to get where you get like chills when you see Peter Parker. He finally gets his real suit and he takes it for his first legit swings and basically catches himself. He's just catching himself every yeah. time. Right. At the start. Like he's like, oh, crap. Whoa! it's like it's he's he's riding the bike for the first time. Right. And yeah. Succeeding. Yeah. Uh, th but I would say that um, this Into the Spider-Verse one, um, the cool thing about like when you do animation and you're the, when they do it, like an animation focused one, I feel like the meaning of a frame really gets more care. I know they storyboard films, but like oh, yeah. when you're uh, obviously and like great artists are doing that too, but it always kind of comes out a little bit different, I guess, or... I don't know. It just feels like the thought of the frames and and moments in this film mattered a lot. And the most iconic is basically Spider-Man falling up, right? Where they flip yeah, that. that You're, so I really awesome. agree with that. It's a really beautiful shot, but like conceptually, it's a really interesting artistic choice to do, right? Like it puts yeah. him in this like <clears throat> reverse, this uh, this basically reverse superman kind of thing right like yeah yeah, flips yeah superman on his head they, even in like the posters they have he's got one hand up like superman um kind of launching into the sky and uh it's but it's also kind of like i said this falling up kind of thing right like he's kind of 
he's ascending, but he's kind of finding his feet a little bit, right? But actually, yeah. he's yeah. falling. <laughs> so it's kind of it's a really cool it's a cool visual. But I feel like there's a lot of thought that goes into that type of stuff, especially in an animation space, right? Yeah. So absolutely. Well, that's the great thing about animation is that you have 100% control of composition, and you can make all of those amazing frames. I'm just gonna say that reverse Superman sounds like something dirty. <laughs> As I was saying yeah, it, I was right, like, right. "Hang <laughs> on here, reverse somebody out there. It might be something. I should be careful." <laughs> yeah, Urban Dictionary. It real quick. I'm, sure I'm not gonna something. do that. No, no, no. <laughs> that's funny. Oh boy. Anyways, oh, awesome. yeah, so I'd say that's pretty iconic and, and really great shot. That's the thing about this film is like immediately I felt it was it was iconic, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Have we still got everybody here? Yeah. We're still here. George, are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? I think we lost him. No. no I'm, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? We might have lost Jordan, everybody. Can you hear me? Give us a second. Oh, no, I'm gonna have to leave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did we say something? Was it something we said, Alex? No, I didn't. Was no, it the reverse I Superman? didn't mean it. I got really offended. No, I'm, I, <laughs> I have to do some stuff. And that's okay. As much as I like talking about Spider Man, I have like to I didn't mean do to say that stuff. I enjoyed the Spider Man 3. <laughs> but I'm gonna. All right. Well, Alex, Alex is gonna step off, and we might continue for a few more moments. Yeah, here. but but right. uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, I, I will. I, I'm gonna rate the movie just before I leave. I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. Oh yes, come on. Great. Yeah, cool. it was a fantastic film, and well, see you guys. I, I, I wish I could stay for longer, but you know. Oh, well, hey, we All right, okay, okay. we Take we care, know he's guys. a real fan because he's wearing the shoes. Take care. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, man. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, that's... Uh, it was a it was a great movie. Um, but where do we go from here now that Alex is gone? Should we just talk about Alex? Okay, so... Yeah, well, let's <laughs> talk about Alex, man. So <laughs> How dare he buy, buy those shoes for $380? He's lost his mind. <laughs> is that a good price? Is that a good price? <laughs> Honestly, it's not a bad price. But, uh, hey... How jealous are you, though, I'm Jordan? pretty salty, man. I'm looking at front, so, you know. <laughs> it is what it is. I actually, th- I was like, ah, that, that, from from what I'm hearing here, I can see the shoe. I've heard about this shoe community <laughs> of, uh, you know, like, style gurus getting the collector's shoes. Dude, and uh, I've thought, like, in my mind, I was like, yeah, that seems like it's okay in that uh, in that space, you know, desirable shoes. Yeah, why not? Man, why yeah. not? And they're all limited editions Look, and everything. J- so. Just off topic for a quick split. There's a shoe that dropped a couple weeks ago. Designer, same as Jerry Lorenzo. He dropped a shoe once again through that app that I went on. That's the that's the fear of God guy, yeah, right? Yeah. So good news. I did get a pair today. <laughs> he dropped another shoe and I got lucky. Like literally lucky. Nice. Wait, Someone wait. sent me a link. I was like, bro. You get a pair of fear of God shoes. I got a pair. What? What'd you pay for those? Now I, I only paid one fifty. These were like a low top uh, collab with like with a uh, Nike. But he re- that's insane because I've seen <laughs> I've seen their prices and some of those go for like twelve hundred bucks. So fear well, of God shoe. Yeah, so yeah. it's the brand. The brand's called Fear of God. But I I also copped like he he dropped a Converse one, so I got that as well. 
both both fairly cheap. So not neither neither shoe was over one fifty or excuse me one sixty. <laughs> but he dropped another shoe that started at three hundred, and like I was ready to buy it, but it's very exclusive, so I didn't get it. I went online to see the resale well, right. price. Oh my gosh, like nine hundred dollars. Twelve hundred bucks. Nine hundred, and it's just rising. These yeah. are fascinating looking shoes. <laughs> they look. They look like futuristic shoes, but yeah. they also look like they could be in a, you know, <laughs> story of Jesus uh, movie. <laughs> like they kind of got this like these bi- these kind of like and sandals kind of thing. <laughs> the yeah, these kind of like biblical age, uh, <laughs> fifty BC, or sorry, not fifty. <laughs> it's like futuristic, but also Jesus. Like thirty time. BC, yeah, shoe. <laughs> it, yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be a basketball shoe, but uh. Yeah, it is real exclusive and real expensive. And my biggest thing is I'm like, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I need shoes. Because all of 2018, I wore one pair of Vans, and I was happy. So I know, and I've proven it to myself, that I don't need shoes. But These these look very interesting and comfortable. <laughs> I want to wear them. It's, it's, they look nice. And, and, and they haven't been calling them shoes. They've been calling them silhouette. Which is like, what? Like... So, like, your new silhouette came out, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's nice. I'm like, but that makes sense. I like silhouette. <laughs> that is so pretentious. <laughs> Wait, which ones did you get, though? Because there's different colors. The ones so, I'm talking about are, like, this, <laughs> like, very, like, sand-colored. Uh, the high, the high like top they're, they're all one color. They're, so, like, a light gray. I'll show you the ones I got. Um, I'm just pulling up the name of them. They got the huge platform, so it looks like you're, you're standing on about an inch <laughs> of... Uh, of extra platform, so it's just making you taller as well. So I, and they I have this like. little, uh, this little, like view window into the sole of the shoe. <laughs> yeah, through the on the side, you put you put a light in there, man. It's a gateway to the heart. Um, Air, <laughs> Air <laughs> Skylon, like so. Look these up. These are the ones I got today. They're called the Air. All right, what are we looking? Air at? Skylon, Fear of, God shoes, right? Fear of God. So Air Skylon. How do you spell Skylon? He oh, made that name Fear of up. God. So I got those. I got those. The high top ones. No, no. So these are like they're like Air Maxes, pretty much. <laughs> Eric Skyline. Oh yeah. Okay. Air Skyline. I love how this is talked in there. Now we're. Those are like those are like '80s sneakers, man. Yeah. So now we're reviewing sneakers. Okay, we're looking at different <laughs> shoes then. Yeah, but they, Wait a minute. They're pretty I don't cool. Know. Yeah, they're, Air, they're Eric Skyline. Air Skyline. No Air. Oh, like Air, Air Skyline. Air Jordan. Oh, okay. I'm saying era. Oh, these it, are very different shoes. Never mind. My yeah, reference so, is wrong. <laughs> so these, I mean, these are, like Dan said, they're more 80s looking. They I'm going to be honest, not really my style, but because it, it had Fear of God on it, I was like, whatever, man, I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it, yeah. and it, it'll match. It'll match things. So, you know. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I think Miles should have worn a pair of these. <laughs> <laughs> now that, and maybe he will in the next movie. <laughs> Ooh, a little Fear of God collab. Look, I th- totally. I think I think they did a good job putting the the Jordan brand on there. Also, the fact that I'm not a big fan of Michael Jordan as a person, <laughs> let's say. But you're not not the biggest. Why not? You know, I thought everyone loved so Michael low Jordan. key. We don't hate Mike, but we don't love Mike. <laughs> 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 like you know, it's neutral. It's just but like uh, he makes shoes, but he doesn't really care about the, sh- the people who get the shoe. He just like whatever. It's all about the money. But he's but he's low key. So I don't hate Michael Jordan. Let's take that back. I don't hate Mike. Okay. I'm just like, I wish he would give back a bit more to the community. 
you know what? He gave us all Space Jam, damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's all. What more need. can you give a generation? Hey, I say this, and then someone's going to cook me and be like, dude, that guy right there is a saint. Like, he's a freaking saint. <laughs> what do I know? What do I know? Hey, I, uh, it is what it is. He, I, I buy his shoes. I feel like I don't know Michael Jordan like I know other celebs and athletes, so I can't really speak to it yeah. at all. I don't think I'll I, take, yeah, I'll I was take hanging with LeBron the other day, and uh, yeah. it's really hard when when you're such good friends with LeBron. Yeah, LeBron and I went for sushi, and then we uh, yeah. yeah, we went and grabbed some cookies after. We shot some hoops, and I yeah. schooled him. Yeah, yeah, I scored on we, him. Uh, scored on him, man. Got a got a basket. Yeah, man. I dunked <laughs> over him. <laughs> oh, guys, real quick, real quick. I think this is a cool one, and this is just to pay a little little homage to uh, old Stan Lee. How'd you like how'd, how'd you like Stan Lee's uh, uh, appearance in this one? Little cameo. Refresh my memory again. Good. I was I've seen so many He's in the comic Lee book things store. lately. Remember Miles? He's in the comic book store and he goes and he buys the costume from him. And oh it, right. He was like, what does he say? Like, he it, says it always fits. He's like, eventually. Will it fit? Like the suit. And he's like, yeah. Right. He says it always fits eventually, and then it like cuts to the sign where it says no refunds ever. <laughs> and then he winks. Right. Yeah. Man, the whole the yeah. whole theater just kind of responded. Everyone kind of like. <gasps> Like in in shock, like oh my God, it's Stanley, yeah. like good good shock or bad? Good, like oh my God, it's Stanley. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we'll be seeing a few more appearances of his because I think he's actually he's he'll be in Spider Man, mm-hmm. um, the new one. What's it called? Far uh, Far from I Home. Yeah, what it's gonna be called? Sorry, Far from Home. Yeah, Far, far, far from, from home. home. And then, uh, and I think he's actually going to be in the Avengers too, right? The new Infinity War. The new one. That's, I believe that's what Ryan told us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he'll also be in um, Captain Marvel too. So he's okay. We, we got it's not we got the a last few more. We'll see him, but I think it's very since it's so recent. Yeah, we uh, a lot a lot of people in the theater when I was there were like, oh, like it's very it's very sad. <laughs> Tears. Honestly. It is. But man, that guy lived a good I, I life. Didn't. Goodness me. He he did a great. Uh, he was a fantastic cameo guy. Like it was an art. Yeah. of his like there's nobody there's really nobody else who's kind of like snuck into their into their creation uh yeah. like he has i mean you have peter jackson who's made a cameo here and there in his uh yeah. in lord of the rings and whatnot but like there's nobody and hitchcock that, like, does it but he he's always like just the guy in the background he doesn't ever have an interaction with a character yeah and that's total that's all well and good but like stan lee has become like you, you, you look forward to his cameos. Like they're well thought out, little funny moments. They're just these right. the yeah. Easter egg everybody wants to see, and like he's all of them are great. I watched a reel of all of them the other day, and they're all hilarious. They're great, they're so good. Yeah, do, do you guys? Some think, of them are kind of throwaways. Yeah, do, do you guys think Marvel would go to the extreme to be like we're gonna CGI him into every film? <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope not. That would be the yeah. yeah that that would. Not, uh, yeah. That would ruin them. Because then you have to get an impersonator to do the voice and everything, and that just takes away from yeah. the authenticity. Very well, true. just look what they did with Grandma Tarkin in uh, Star Wars, right? Where they CG'd him into uh, what was it? It wasn't uh, oh, Rogue One. Remember that? Does anybody remember this? Dude. I didn't see Rogue One. I was oh. so <laughs> upset with um, what's it called? <laughs> the uh, the Last Jedi. Well, I hated or that one me even with, uh, more, but the one before that, the one where Hans, they kill Han Solo in the most disrespectful way I've ever seen. <laughs> Surprise, uh, mother... Uh, literally. We, we, 
Uh, we still need to do a move, do a thing on that. There's just so much like analysis of it out there, though. It's so yeah. freaking funny. Man, it gets, uh, it gets but yeah, quite I thought, and and that's the thing. Like, I can't really get into those movies without getting really angry. So I don't know if I'm, I'd be like the greatest uh, judge of these movies because it's so. I take it so personally. That's real. I'm yeah. gonna ask you off, off, uh, off show how you think Han Solo should have died. And that'll be a fun, <laughs> okay, a fun, okay. a fun. Uh, and that is not for the listeners, and we have a lot of them. <laughs> maybe they'll get, a, maybe they'll get a full episode of that. How Han Solo should. Yeah, gone. we'll do a little, uh, we'll do a little tag uh, extended episode of this one. Well, we keep, uh, we keep teasing things like we, we've been talking about potentially doing a Star Wars one since we started. I think every podcast has had a Star Wars mention of some kind. Yeah. I think we should never do one, but always say we're going to always do it. talk about it. We're just like, yeah. yeah, we should do that in the next one or some other one. And then just never talk about we it. Keep, ever. Keeps, keeps the people, be great. keeps them on their toes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just or keep them wanting more. Basically, we'll talk about it in snippets, and then like years down the line, we'll cut everything, those little <laughs> exactly, snippets from each episode, cut. and it turns out it's a whole conversation. Bro, that would Weird. be incredibly creative, <laughs> and the amount of time. Time-consumingly <laughs> <laughs> and terrible My at goodness. the same time. Yeah. Man, <laughs> these guys. That's, that's, that's planting a seed, and I mean, we're not going to see that tree for some time, so... Yeah, it's, it's uh, gonna be a very long time. Goodness it's gracious, it's gonna be a really long time. Um, well, I guess uh, what do you? Well, should we? Any other points on this movie other than it was fantastic? And oh, uh, let's let's hear everybody's the, rating. The dynamic. You well, know, hang on, hang on. Before before we give it a, a rating, I just want to ask um, Jordan as as a young black kid in America. Come on. <laughs> how important is it is it for you to see uh, a black superhero? Oh, is it a big deal? Because I know it gets a lo- that stuff gets a lot of press. Yeah. So just from your perspective, what's it like? <laughs> That's actually a really good question. Uh, Black Panther, like I think that that movie shook the world heavy, and yeah, and in a in a good way. You know what I'm saying? Because it it allowed mm-hmm. black kids to believe that they could, you know, be superheroes. And not and not and not saying that like right. Black Panther was the first like black superhero. No, because I mean we have heroes like Storm, who's been around for a long time on film, and other characters as yeah. well. But I don't know, man. Like for some reason, having that, having Black Panther be the star of his own film, just yeah, I don't know. It I feel like it brought people together to be like, oh man, you can dream, and nothing's too far out of reach. And so. Yeah, it, it's really encouraging. So as as a kid though, watching the the Spider-Man films yeah. in the 90s, mm-hmm. was there a sense of distance between you and the character just because of the race? Actually, man, I, or did you still aspire to that as a kid? Like man. did that idea, did the story transcend whatever sort of yeah. racial tensions there have been? No, I I, th- I think I think the Spider-Man character has for sure and Superman as well. Um, like those are two characters for me that even as a kid, like I wanted to be these guys and like never for a second yeah. was I like, Oh, because I'm black, I can't be Spider-Man. But man, yeah. like I, I loved, I love Spider-Man through and through. And you know, mm-hmm. I think, I think another thing is my parents raised me so well to the point where like they didn't put a limit on me to being like, Oh, well if they did see a black superhero, they wouldn't be like, Oh, look, a black superhero. But we'd just be like, Oh man, yeah. it's another superhero. So it, it, it creates like that anybody can be anything and even if a superhero is white i can still believe in him i can still have faith in him i can, I can still want to be him 
And even if a superhero is black, yeah, I can okay. still be him or her. So it's yeah. it's really cool how um I, I just think how like the early how two thousand the year two thousand in general just captured um these black characters on film. And it like once again, even starting with Storm, like you know what I'm saying, that's to me that was so cool seeing Halle Berry being Halle Berry. Come on. Yeah. Hey, Halle Berry. She bad. But, <laughs> but it was it was cool seeing Halle Berry on, on screen. And so I know for probably young black yeah. girls, that was probably really encouraging. Even seeing her in Catwoman as well. And so having this new Spider-Man movie come out and having Miles, you know, being the first black Spider-Man. Man, like like I said, when I when I first saw him on the Ultimate Spider-Man, I was like, what? I was like, no, nah, man, there's no way there's a black Spider-Man. Like, that's crazy. Right. So I embraced Miles pretty pretty early on, but it was also really cool to see how they've, how Marvel and how obviously Sony has um, opened their arms towards this character, and uh, th- yeah. yeah, and man, the world has received it well, and I and I think that I think that's a a good sign for us as people. It's just everybody's accepting these new characters, and it's not creating an issue. It's not now that there's a Black Spider-Man, people aren't complaining about it. It's like yo, like yo, Miles is cool. That's a good film, and that and that's well, yeah, and like. But but that's what's interesting because I I remember probably th- four or five years ago I'd heard the first sort of rumblings of a black Hispanic Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and I didn't follow it so I didn't know that prior to this he was uh, an existent character in the earlier series and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, I do remember that was people were uh, talking about that and it was oh Spider-Man is white and blonde and blah blah blah, and I kind of. That was the first that I was aware of this, but man, like seeing this film, I thought it was, it was amazing. Yeah, no, yeah, man, it, it was really awesome. And uh, I like the way that what you said um, a minute or so ago that like we can all be superheroes because that is very much the theme of the film, and I think mm-hmm. they say that almost explicitly is that I I'm normal, you know, I'm an everyday kind of guy. I didn't ask for this, but we can all be superheroes. We all need to be Spider-Man in a way in our own personal world, right? We all need to fight against injustice yeah. and push back and, and engage the world that way. So, yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool. Man, it's yeah. it, it's it's encouraging, man. And, and, you know, that goes for everybody. It, it, even us uh, getting ready to have Captain, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Like, man, what an, it's another really cool adaptation of a... Of a female superhero who has her own movie and she's starring yeah. in it and so like even gal gadot doing uh Godot, excuse me doing um wonder woman like that that yeah. was so iconic as well and and once again it shows i mean obviously humanity we're not perfect but it shows the acceptance that is starting to happen you know across film and in the world that yeah we can have a a, a girl superhero and men can enjoy it and young girls can be well, inspired and you know what I mean? Like it's it's so much bigger than yeah. just the oh let's make money, but it's actually making a difference in the world. Like I, I actually really appreciate that. And I, I believe that Stan Lee understood that better than anybody. It was just like, mm. man, everyone can be a hero. Doesn't matter who you are, how tall you are, how short you are, yeah. the color of your skin, uh, what gender you are. It's like literally, if you want to be a hero, well, dream it, be it. Well and again, that was the the end quote of this film. Yeah. It was um he who does the right thing simply because it's the right thing is the real superhero or something like that. Yeah. And that was a Stan Lee quote. Yeah. But I think um, to me, what makes these films so interesting and, and successful is that they are introducing characters, you know, 
a, say a, the Miles Morales Spider Man or Wonder Woman in a way that is not preachy. They're not yeah. trying to make anyone feel excluded or looked down upon that this hasn't been in the mainstream before. Mm-hmm. They're just going ahead with it and they're giving you a great story, yeah. uh, relatable characters, and they're not preaching at you. They're not making you feel bad or anything like yeah. that. And it's working. Well, I think that's this is the thing here. I actually, I ha- I have to say, like I personally think that this is really good, really great. Like, but the the real focus here that I think that most people are identifying with is that these are good, relatable characters. Like they're well mm. done. Yeah. I yeah. think that the I do think that there is a bit of a marketing push behind some of these things that are like that i think that there is some of that there but i don't think that that's what the core of this is is that these are actually just really good enjoyable relatable characters that people want to hear their stories and the greater message of that is also there of course but i mean the the in the case of wonder woman i i understand why a lot of people really found that to be an iconic movie but i would argue to say that there have been historically great female lead superhero like characters at least that have arguably had even better films that are even better like uh in the alien franchise at least the first uh one and terminator and all that stuff like these are really great characters sarah connor like super strong characters that you love these characters for what they are right Mm -hmm. and they because they are great characters with real challenges um, and problems that they have to solve and they have to get somewhere and they have to do it because they believe in it or whatever their purpose is, right? Um, yeah. And that's that's yeah. what really good storytelling really is. And I think that these types of, like, especially into the Spider-Verse really falls into that. Um, it, the message behind it is fantastic, but at the end of the day, it's also like, this is a, they've chosen a really great character to build that actually yeah. is very interesting and really cool and if there's a if it if it means more people identifying with it it's really awesome that's great but again i think that mm-hmm. at that its core like it's like for that's why i think it transcends everything is mm-hmm. that it's got it's it's just like everybody loves this type of stuff they love a good story and yeah. they love a good character yeah. and that's why everybody's rooting exactly. for these that's why everyone's rooting for somebody like uh miles morales in the film and excited that he's making this journey is that he's freaking awesome right so and i think that's great i I think we're we're, we also need this kind of thing because yeah (laughs) i was thinking about this earlier it's just we've had so many reboots of spider-man and you don't want to lose spider-man as a character but it is really refreshing and that's the great thing about marvel is they have all this bank of characters that all kind of are some of them are like pretty like they're they either inherited the superhero mantle or um they have or they are like a a different version of it right and to have the same peter parker story over and over it gets really tired really fast and again we kind of talked about that like they reference this origin story stuff right we've seen it so many times it's nice to have a different origin story with a completely different kind of character who has different struggles and uh, different problems to solve, and yeah. and and grow, and like it, you get to, you get to see a different side, but you also get that familiarity. But it doesn't feel like a throwback. It doesn't feel like a, 
it doesn't feel nostalgic completely it feels new and fresh and it is because it is a different story and that's why i really enjoyed this i was like it's nice to it's why homecoming didn't have an origin story right because we don't need that anymore and that's kind of sad because at the same time it's like you love like origin stories are the most fascinating great they're so good and that's why i really enjoyed this film because it was like it was it was a bunch of different things, but you really you really felt like you were on Miles's journey, and that was really cool for them to focus in on that. You yeah. had all the Peter Parker stuff, but it's like, and that's nice, and it's familiar, but like it still felt fresh, which was really cool. That's why, uh, yeah. So, I, th- I like that. that people are able to come to these movies and just like enjoy them together and like just think yeah. like great character can't wait to see where this goes like that's really awesome that's why i love these films yeah and and like you said man just it being relatable in general is just so important and so man it's it's cool um yeah it's just it's just cool how they've they took the story and so i hope that we get a second version you know round two oh i do too and this is they better put it out because my favorite spider-man so far they can hear me. If I lost yeah, you guys. Oh, are you back? Nope. Can you hear me? We're good. Cool. But yeah, getting getting a second film uh for this one would be would be a dream. And so I hope Sony's cooking something up for us. But man, my quick rating of this one. I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it a solid nine point eight. Like I'm not gonna put it at ten. Okay. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do a nine point eight, which is crazy for me when it comes to an animated film. So yeah. Okay, so then let me ask you, what is the missing point zero two points thing? Okay. <laughs> what would what would you have liked to see that yeah. would just that would just put it in that ten position? There, there was a middle portion of the film where I felt like the other Spider peoples, and once again, it's not their origin story, but I felt like I missed them for a little bit. Um, right. Okay. And, and for me, that that was it. Like like it was. I didn't complain about it, but I was like, yeah, that's cool. But I feel like Peter B. Parker. I feel like he just like was back after like a couple minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like like back. You, like he just dropped out a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like he was back okay. to full Spidey real yep. quick, even though he was still having the uh, the separation from his real world. But like there was there was yeah. like a, a couple minutes where he just kind of went forward, and I was like, I'm not chirping over it. But yeah, I mean for me that that would take away the like the point too. But but nothing no, nothing sure. that would leave me like bro I'm, I'm a red letter to Sony, nah. Yeah no no. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me. Cool man, Johnny, what do you rate it? Uh well I I like that uh, you're going into the the point zero one points there. I don't have we done any of that yet? Have we done like a? That is great. Well we, we I think we normally just go with like a. A point five. Right. I like the that. I like the more <laughs> granular <laughs> the more granular hey, stuff. Sure. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. in, that's interesting. I didn't even you've blown open the doors of scoring here, Jordan. The, the game has the game <laughs> has gonna, been changed. It's gonna change it. So we got a ten from Alex and we got a nine point eight from, from Jordan. <laughs> well it's because you don't wanna we've we've talked about this before. You don't you almost don't wanna give like the best films a perfect score, right? It's like, well where do you go from there? We gave, mm, uh, yeah. we, you know what? Whiplash. I, we gave Whiplash a perfect score, and I think mm. that was good. I, we did this with the last Marvel one, too. Avengers is like, okay, on an Avengers scale, 
um, where do you, or, or sorry, a Marvel scale, where do you give this a score? And mm. on a like film film score, what do you give this? Uh, I think I'll just bridge them. So, um, and just give it a score. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was super awesome. I think they did a real, like, just the, the amount of, like, appreciation that you feel for the this film in the theater, too, like, on so many levels was really enjoyable to be there, especially since I was sitting next to a super hardcore Spider-Man fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> it makes it really, it's, I enjoy that kind of stuff. I like just being like, ooh, yeah, what's, the little, what's the little Easter egg here? Yeah. So even experience-wise, like, just art direction wise story wise mm. i loved it so i'm gonna give it a 9.9 9. okay okay <laughs> i like it <laughs> i'm just i'm just gonna up sorry yeah i I'm, I'm i'm new i'm new to the granular sc- scale you're okay. always one-upping me no i'm just kidding good good yeah, Joe, this is a bit, a bit for the first time you've one-upped me and <laughs> and it always happens <laughs> uh let's go dan where you at i love it um i love this film i thought it was great i'm gonna give it a, a solid nine i'm gonna stick to the traditional ratings my man uh yeah it was great there was i did feel at one point that it was just a little bit long mm-hmm. but i i absolutely loved it thoroughly enjoyed it and it was one of those movies i walked away with and i said i want to get that on on blu-ray or dvd because i want to have a hard copy of that film yeah hmm. interesting yeah i never yeah, even really I never even thought of that it was just a weird thing that occurred to me. That's real. And That's uh, real. it doesn't always, but I, I loved it. Look, I got a Christmas card to a, um, it's like a pop culture store. I went onto the website, and uh, the number one selling shirt in that store right now is a Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And so wow. I am most definitely going to get me a Miles Morales shirt here in a couple weeks. Nice. So, yeah, good stuff. And to match your fear of God's shoes. To match my fear of God's shoes <laughs> that I'm glad I got today instead of getting them for $400. So shout out to it. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Very nice. Well, cool. that was well, great. I think that's it for this movie. Man. Jordan, thanks so much for being on with us today, man. Guys. Really appreciate it. It's been great talking with you. Man, It's been Guys. fantastic getting to know you, Jordan. Bros, you are I- officially on one of the longest podcasts we've ever done. Woo! Man, I feel blessed. That's true. I feel very blessed. And uh, man, guys, thanks for having me on. Seriously, like talking about Spider Man is something I could do for, you know, four hours. So the fact that we got it all in and two, less than two, that's good. But uh, yeah. no, man, I appreciate you guys and having me on. It's been a pleasure. Cool, man. Thanks, thanks a lot. Yeah, you already know. Well, for film buffs, we uh, that's it for us, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Ciao.